Welcome to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. On the field, off the field, Rounding Third takes you inside Nashville Sounds baseball. Here's your host, Jeff Hemm. Welcome to another edition of Rounding Third. It's Jeff Hem here with you. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of the podcast. It is essentially a national holiday as we record this today. It is Major League Baseball opening day. The sounds are set to start in a little more than a month as the AAA season is scheduled for May 4th. So baseball is here. It feels so good to be able to say that. In fact, as we speak, the sounds parent club Milwaukee Brewers about to get underway today against the Minnesota Twins. And we're joined by the Brewers Vice President of Minor League Operations, Tom Flanagan. Tom, you've got a few things going on today. I know you're not even in Milwaukee, uh, the the perks of the job. You're not even probably going to get to see too much actual baseball today because you've got minor league camp underway. There are a lot of soon-to-be sounds in Appleton, Wisconsin at the alternate site. So thank you for your time, and how are you? Doing great, Jeff. Doing great. Heck of an introduction. I know, uh, as you mentioned, opening day is a special feel for everybody. And I guess one of the silver linings of the minor league season with the delayed start, we can do it all over again, hopefully in a month. So looking forward to that. And and of all places, what more special than to do it in Nashville. So we're looking forward to that May 4th opener quite a bit. I know you've been in the game for a long time in all kinds of different roles. I'm putting you on the spot, but do you know offhand what opening day number this is for you personally? I'm fairly certain it's 32, but uh, don't quote me on that. I think it's always, (laughs) you just add one onto that rightmost digit and and stick a three in there somewhere. And that's, that's what it is, I guess. So there's gotta be nothing like it. I mean, just the optimism that everyone around the game has at all levels, at all roles on a day like this, and, and now that it's a 162 this year versus everything that went on last year, not that anybody's necessarily out of the woods in that perspective, but it, it feels like a different year. It is a different year in a lot of ways. So what are the emotions like for, for the organization on a day like this? I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. I think in a normal season, you know, uh, opening day holds a special place for anyone affiliated with baseball and, and not at baseball, really. But I think after all that everybody's been through in 2020, putting that hopefully you know, starting to put that behind us and looking ahead to kind of the light at the end of the tunnel here. I think there's just a special feeling even more so than a normal year of, of what's in front of us. And the 162 is, is a special number in baseball and something we can rehash throughout the year and, and look forward to repeating you know, quite a bit over the course of this major and minor league season. Let me start with a question that I absolutely know the answer to. How excited are you and the Brewers to be back in Nashville? We're pumped. I think that's, uh, I think it's a match. It's a perfect match, really. I think it's going to be a great relationship. I think so much, you got to really struggle to find anything that isn't perfect about it. I mean, starting with geography, it's a, it's an easy flight to Milwaukee and vice versa for, for players back and forth. Tremendous facility there. We've been there um, as a visitor recently and, and our staff players, you know, just rave about the playing surface, the, the, the ground conditions, everything there, the facility, the clubhouse, you know, the amenities are fabulous from a fan and, and especially as a player. So I think uh, we're, we're eager to get there. You know, Rick Sweet, the moment he heard, was, was doing cartwheels, if you can visualize that. <laughs> Looking to get down there and start putting some W's on the board for, for the sounds this year. Well, Rick mentioned it. He taped an episode with us when he, he came to Nashville several weeks ago, as you know, and, and he I thought he said it really well. 
you know, that was a 10 year run that, that the sounds and brewers had together 2005 through 2014 at Greer stadium. And Rick was the manager in 14 for that last year. And he said recently, there are a lot of people around the game who, who even in the time in between then and now had still sort of associated the brewers and Nashville together. They were, it was almost like, uh, odd to them that, that it wasn't still a connection. And now obviously it is again, uh, that says something about uh, the success on the field and the partnership that was in place years ago. I know some names are maybe different on the actual big league roster now than they were back then, but in some ways it, it just feels like a, a glove that never stopped fitting. Yeah, I, I would say the same. I've been back there as a, you know, just to scout our team out or watch our guys check in with our guys from a visiting perspective and just seeing whether it be, you know, people outside the ballpark, whether it be ushers and, and so forth inside, just the way they relate to Rick and the staff that they're familiar with, or, or just the, the Brewer logo coming back in when they see it on some of our roving instructors and so forth. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's, that's going to be something we'll build upon and, and get even better or stronger connection in the years to come. As I mentioned, it's major league baseball opening day. You're, you're sort of monitoring three things at once. You've got minor league camp in Arizona. You've got a lot of guys who are kind of staying ready uh, either for the AAA season or just what may happen in Milwaukee in the next month, getting ready at, at the alternate site in Appleton. And then obviously the big leaguers themselves in Milwaukee. So how much actual baseball will you get to watch today, given everything that you're trying to do right now? Yeah, today I have it out here in my office in Phoenix, but I've been on the phone quite a bit working on the computer. So I'll, I'll definitely keep one eye glued to that, that set. As we mentioned, it's a special day and you can't, you got to take some time to enjoy it. I think that's, that's what we're all here is the, for is the baseball. So I think it's, I'll, I'll be busy. It's a great busy feeling, especially after every, everything that everybody went through last year, just to be able to be, you know, kind of idling at, you know, pretty high speed, you know, in terms of trying to get things set up, as you mentioned, alternate sites, spring training and so forth. I think, that's the place we want to be. We want to have the, you know, the baseball work, baseball business to keep us, keep us going. When the sounds can get underway on May 4th, it will have been about 600 days since they had last taken the field. You, you know, the impact, I don't have to tell you the impact that 2020 had on everybody throughout the game, even the major leagues, which did get to have a season uh, last year. So there's so much anticipation, so much excitement from everybody involved. Give us a little bit of the behind the scenes perspective logistically on some of the things that you and the sounds or you and double a Biloxi or all the different affiliates are trying to get figured out so that everybody is ready both on and off the field for a season that everybody is, is craving to get to. No, that's, that's been a monumental task. I know our, our health and safety people, our medical staff have been front and center, really kind of leading the way, setting up our protocols. And MLB has done a good job keeping all the teams up to speed in terms of what's to be expected, best practices, things of that nature. And I think there's a sense, probably in the last two, that the nation has seemed to have turned a corner. But I think we're trying to keep in the back of our minds that there may be another corner or two to go. So don't don't go to, don't rest too early. Don't, don't shut it down too early. Like we're continuing to encourage our players and staff when it's their turn to get vaccinated. Obviously it starts there, but in terms of the logistical dimensions, it really impacts each level of things we do, whether it be assembling for meetings indoors, that's out. So everything has to be 
done outside or maybe via Zoom, which we've all gotten to be too good at over the last 12 months. But I think it's been a, a cross section of things you never really thought you'd have to deal with in terms yeah. of with certainly, you know, with player safety and our staff safety being paramount. And, and for that matter, the fans as they enter back into ballparks, I think that's that's priority A. And then everything else kind of falls into place behind it. And the staff and the players, at least in our organization, have been very respectful of the impact that they have on each other. So they're doing their parts, whether it be masking or distancing. And, and obviously when, when the time comes, more and more can get the vaccine. That'll be you know, kind of the gold standard to help us all get, get beyond this. You know, I talked about this with Rick uh, when he did the interview with us a few weeks ago. Um, you, you know, from a purely sounds perspective, we know the impact not having 2020 uh, had from, you know, from the affiliate standpoint, from the community standpoint, obviously the economic impact. Describe what you've observed this has meant for some of the players who have now lost a year of their career in some cases, if they didn't get to play anywhere last year, maybe they got a little instructional league or they, a little bit of independently ball or, or just working out in their garage. I mean, the, the level that that affected the actual players on the field, I, I can't imagine their anticipation to get to all these affiliates here in about a month. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think there's always that mentality where certain times of the year, it's a grind in terms of, you know, whether it be the end of a long season, instructional league, spring training, oh, it's a grind. I've been down here for several weeks of big league camp, and I haven't heard anybody, staff or players, have mentioned that at all. It's just there's an eagerness to be back. And to touch on the players deeper, I think they're the ones that were impacted the most. They, you know, they need the repetitions. They need the work. And that's one thing that our staff did a really nice job on, I feel, was not just letting it become a throwaway season. You know, there's there's limits, certainly, on what can be done. It, it may not look like a normal season, but we tried our best. I know our, our player development staff did a remarkable job of, of setting up work groups from afar where, you know, we could try and create opportunities where those guys could have a sense of competition, even though they were in isolation at times or very limited. We, we tried to draw up what parameters they had. Some guys had better access to different facilities right in their neighborhood, in their backyard or home or other players nearby that from a distance they could compete against. But I think we, we tried to salvage last year as best we could. And then on top of that, try and layer on other experiences. We did have a number of prospects go to our alternate site last year for several months. We had about 60 players down in Arizona for instructional league for six weeks. So um, not quite what we would drop if we had to do it over again, blank slate wise. But I think we made try, try to maximize the season that we were given. And uh, I think guys will be better for it this year with the work they did put in from afar. Give us a sense of what the alternate site looks like right now. And for these next few weeks, how many of sort of the projected sounds come May 4th are, are in Appleton, Wisconsin, outside of Milwaukee. I know Rick Sweet is there uh, among others. How, how many are there and what does that look like for you guys the next few weeks, in addition to obviously having some guys ready if something happens in Milwaukee. Sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a twofold proposition. I think to answer your first, first question, I think the vast majority of the players that will end up starting the year with the sounds or being with the sounds are there with a few exceptions. There's some pitchers that we've held behind in spring training that we're still ramping up that are going to be key contributors on that club. And they're going to get innings here and eventually join either the alternate site or join, join the sounds when they do begin the season in Nashville. But um, I think the, the goal number one is obviously always to have these 
guys in the best shape to impact the big league team. So games may be limited. We're going to potentially play a few games there, but more more likely we're going to probably have to rely on competitive inner squad type environments where we where we just have you know kind of brewer on brewer or sound on sound uh, uh, contacts that way. So I think the the best we can do is simulate that we saw some success for guys going up and down from the alternate site last year and i think the pitchers can deal with it a little better the hitters and i think it's it's more they're the more creatures of habit where they need those four at bats and you know nine innings and so forth so we try and simulate that as best we can so physically they're prepared and then mentally prepared but i think over the next 30 days these guys will get a little shorter taste of it than the group last year last year being you know several months up there versus hopefully just a few weeks, that should be mentally a little better challenge for him and not, not quite as severe. A lot of things for Sounds fans to get excited about and to, to, to learn about come May, because obviously the Sounds and Brewers are back together again. But then, as you well know, a lot of geographic alignment around the minor leagues, the Sounds are now in the AAA East and, and finally going to play some opponents that, that you and I probably agree for years, they should have been already playing that are geographically closer to Nashville and Gwinnett and Indianapolis and uh, Charlotte. So uh, I know the Brewers are happy to be back in Nashville, but uh, from kind of an aerial view, how would you describe how, how the rest of AAA has landed and what that can mean as you guys observe players on the field? I think, I think first and foremost, the, what you touched on with geographic rivals, Louisville teams that maybe didn't get a chance to play in the past that not only are they easy on travel and just so convenient, it makes sense from that perspective. You have a really good chance that creates a natural geographic rivalry is where fans can get into it. And, and that's one thing I left out with the lost year. I think I joke around, but I'm really pretty serious about it. I think with the lost season, 2020, I think the stock, if there was stock in fans and umpires, those were the two groups that not having them for a year, we really notice how much we miss them, especially fans both with a full packed house versus, you know, limited fans or no fans. That, that was huge. But, but anyway, but those rivalries will be big. I think uh, both from a fan perspective, you know, being able to latch onto that rivalry with teams just, you know, closer down the road, but then also the travel ability of the new schedule, the way you mentioned it did work out with the, the geography working in our favor where the teams that are out West, obviously just, nature of the beast, bigger states, more travel, at least they can, you know, take advantage of those regular off days and travel days. And I think it'll help both players be able to battle it, but I think you'll start to see some better performances on the field as well, just as guys are getting that, you know, more natural sleep, you know, more natural work schedule. I think it'll pay big dividends. Yeah. I alluded, I alluded to this earlier, the last affiliation, the sounds had with Milwaukee, you know, so many fans here in Nashville, um, the, the core that the Brewers had back then that came through Nashville fielder and weeks and Gallardo and Hardy and Hart And, uh, I'm sure I'm missing some, but, but that, that core got to the big leagues, made a couple of different postseason appearances with Milwaukee really resonated in Nashville and, and with sounds fans, there's a different core now, but man, we saw them as visitors the last few years. You think about Woodruff and Burns and Hader and Hira and Arcia. Now those guys are at the big league level. So I think for a Sounds fan, there's maybe a new group to kind of get reacquainted with. But how would you describe kind of an aerial view of, of where the Brewers are at right now as an organization at the major league level where you've had playoff appearances the last few years and then uh, trying to have that next wave always ready? 
Sure. No, that's that's the balancing act that I think uh, we rely on quite a bit. I think you have that that twofold mission where you definitely want to have the next wave of players that can fill the gaps, but at the same time be in a position where we're competing at the big league level. So that, you know, obviously not only fans can latch on, but they can self-sustain. They can come to the ballpark, you know, provide the revenues, things of that nature to help the help the team. So I think we're in a really good place right now. I think our division is wide open and we're as good a pick as anybody at the big league level. And then farm system wise, I think everybody's going to be a little bit different this year than normal, just with the year off. I think the, uh, the talent level, we'll see how that gets impacted um, by different teams, but we feel really good about the guys we have, especially on the pitching side. I think the, the arms that we have coming throughout the system are going to, going to really be impressive. I think that's probably the strength of our system, particularly with some, some left-handers. We have you know, a high pick Ethan Small was a first rounder a couple of years ago um, that may or may not factor in in Nashville or at the start, but I think at some point he's certainly going to be there. And then Aaron Ashby is a, a big left-handed prospect we like, and he should factor in at Nashville as well this year. He's going to be at, both guys are going to be, you know, limited time at our alternate site because they've been in big league camp. So I think we feel really good about the guys coming and I think the Nashville fans will get to know these guys and, and like what they see. I'm curious too. It seems like there's some some outfield depth that that uh, it has been sustained. You, you acquired Jackie Bradley Jr. We know about Yelich. You've got former Sound Lorenzo Cain, and and I know Tyrone Taylor. You guys are trying to get him healthy. He's been very impressive of late. Uh, obviously, he would love to be in the big leagues, but even if he comes to Nashville, you've got Corey Ray. Whether it's Nashville or Milwaukee, I've got a. I would guess you guys feel like that area is a major strength for the team right now. It is. I think. I think at the big league level, you really have four bona fide regulars, or or better than regulars. Like Yelich, Yelich's case, and some of the guys. But I think being able to do that every night, you know, move those guys around, make sure they're getting their rest, but getting them enough work to impact the. The big league club will be huge. And then some of the names you touched on, I know one guy that had a really, really good look at spring came in a little bit bigger and stronger even than in the past. And he really didn't need to, to get much bigger was Tyrone Taylor. He really played well throughout the camp, flashed even more power than we've seen out of him in the past. And, you know, he's a guy that can really run balls down in center field, but he can also pretty much play anywhere in the outfield. So he's, he's probably of that outfield group. He probably caught, for a guy that's been in the organization a really long time, he's really caught you know, some eyes, which is impressive to say. Well, we, we know the AAA roster with still a month of a lot of things that'll happen is very much written in pencil, not pen. Uh, but, but anyone else that you might uh, highlight at this point that sort of projected uh, this way or even down to the AA level with Biloxi, you know how it works this time of year. Fans are saying, well, how the sound's going to look this year. And normally we get that in early March for an early April start. So we're, we're pushing back the question, but the excitement level is uh, still the same. Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think to, to paint it with a broad brush, brush I would say that the, the sounds this year look to be a good mix of prospects, like a Mario Feliciano is a catching prospect we're really excited about. But then it, it, there's also some guys that have been around before or guys that we've gone to go, you know, signed as you know, big league backups or, or not saying they're not big league regulars in the future, but guys that we really like from afar that we've brought in primarily as additional depth for our big league club that'll definitely see major league time might be on that up and down shuttle a little bit between Milwaukee and Nashville. Um, some six year free agents, minor league free agents, guys that were in the big leagues in the past. So it's kind of a mix. I think pitching wise is probably 
still the strength. But on the on the position player side, I, I think Feliciano is kind of that prospect group that you can look at. And then there's some other guys that are going to put up some pretty good numbers, I would imagine, for the time they're there, but also bounce them. It's like a, like a Zach Green, you know, quarter infielder we brought in. Uh, Jace Peterson was with us last season. A little bit of time in the big leagues with us or other organizations prior to. So I think it's a it's a team that um, Rick will get him get them going and, and hopefully put up some W's. But I think it should be an interesting team to watch where they're not lacking any one area. I think they got a pretty good balance from, from top to bottom. Nobody loves what they do as much as Rick Sweet loves what he gets to do. I know we're excited to have him back. Uh, Jim Henderson pitched in Nashville, now a, a pitching coach and a, a fast rising coach at that. It seems like Al LaBeouf will be the hitting coach. Ned Yost is on the staff again this year. So I'm sure in your role, you, you know, guys are going to be well taken care of with the, the field staff that's coming to Nashville. Definitely. Yeah, that group, I think, I think Jim was slated to join him last year, obviously with the, the way it went down 2020, didn't get the chance, but otherwise that group has kind of worked together well for a while. I think they know, everybody's role. I think the players really warm up the group. And, and I think that's the key at AAA. I think you got a lot of different mindsets. You have the young prospects going up, you get the, the more veteran guys maybe bouncing up and down a little bit. So I think to a man, those guys communicate pretty well with the players, tell them kind of the truth, whatever it is. And, and they know where they stand. I think over the course of a long season, I think that pays big dividends to the players knowing, you know, they, they get shot straight in terms of their, their chances and things of that nature, and they know where they're they're at. So I think it's a good good fit at that level for these guys. Well, I'm sure your phone has been buzzing. You've been getting emails. You're, you're not a guy that's really allowed to turn your phone off. So thank you for clearing a chunk of time uh, here for us. And uh, I can't wait to do it in person safely and soon. We are ready, and I know you guys are too. Absolutely. We're really looking forward to it, Jeff. I appreciate the time. Tom Flanagan, Vice President of Minor League Operations for the Sounds Parent Club, Milwaukee Brewers. Thanks for being with us today on another edition of Rounding Third. Thank you for listening to Rounding Third, the official podcast of the Nashville Sounds. For more information about Sounds Baseball and this podcast, visit nashvillesounds.com slash podcasts.